Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. And good morning to Today's Issues. I'm not Tim Wildman. I'm Ed Vitagliano sitting in for the man. He should be back in the captain's chair on Monday. So I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, and it is Thursday. Yes, we've had to remind ourselves. That's right. Week. I have a haircut right after this show. That's right. I've got several reminders, uh, and uh, that's what I had to do. because That's I, why I'm here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Fred. And then Chris Woodward. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. And then in Kansas City, the August oh. Ray Pritchard. <laughs> Dr. Ray Pritchard, I should say. Good morning. Hey, what's Ray? happening, Ed? How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I, I got to say, for a sure enough doctor, you are as humble as they come. So uh, I got, listen, as, as friends would, would tell you, a lot of good friends. I got a lot to be humble about. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, we couldn't, we couldn't agree more Ray with that uh, assessment. No, I, I, we, we're, we're thrilled to have you on with us from Kansas city. What's uh, Tim's prone to asking what the weather's like, where you're, this, where you're from. This, what, I would like say there? to Tim, this is a great golf day. It looks like it's going to be 78 degrees, bright, oh, sunny man. skies. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Now, Ray, I was listening to the weather forecast this morning on Fox. They are talking about triple digits up in some of the Northern States. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it's, true? Really? Yeah, See, there's a heat wave and unlike, you know, Normally, heat waves come across the south, but this one is coming across some of the northern states, and they're talking triple digits. A hundred degrees, say, where Chicago, something like that. Wow. Can you imagine? And we're having, (laughs) like Ray said, it's glorious Mm. weather down here in the south. I know. I mean, we're talking high 70s, you know, low to mid 80s. That's that global warming. (laughs) That's that global warming. It's killing us, people. It's killing us. (laughs) Now you folks in the north know what it's like down here that's right because when it hits man it's just brutal mm-hmm. yeah we don't we don't have a fall our fall is the greatest 13 days of non-consecutive <laughs> weather all year and fall doesn't begin until after christmas in that's, mississippi that's, mm. I, I remember a couple of christmases ago i was in shorts mm-hmm. oh yeah and that's just that just i've right. taken i've taken trash out many a time on like christmas eve christmas day wearing flip-flops and shorts yeah. Just wrong. It's it is. Just it's, wrong. it's just wrong. We, we all know that. All right, Chris, let's get us started. Well, on the, uh, by the way, we mm-hmm. will have Jan Markell yes. uh, at the bottom of the hour, and uh, we'll be talking with her about some issues regarding Israel. So. All right. Well, COVID-19 continues to make headlines today, not because of cases and fatalities, but because of these emails to and from one Dr. Anthony Fauci, a man we all know and have opinions on. Uh, and... <laughs> But, you know, just kind of recapping some of the emails that were brought to light yesterday due to a FOIA request. That's a Freedom of Information Act request from BuzzFeed News. Uh, a lot of people were sending Fauci messages, some of them telling him, you know, hey, man, thank, thank you for all the work you're doing and stuff like that. But uh, kind of buried in the emails were conversations between Fauci and other health experts on whether or not this um, coronavirus out of China may have actually been man-made or produced in a lab and things like that. Fauci, based on the conversations he was having with some experts uh, was kind of open to the idea and that's interesting because we have we've all heard the audio of him downplaying that over the past year uh, he also uh, kind of dismissed the uh, efficiency of the drugstore masks that we've all been told to purchase and wear and 
uh, things of that nature. That's the only time I'm going to say that phrase today. I, I doubt it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll buy you a Diet Coke if, if I'm if okay. I'm wrong. All right, um, so uh, Dr., um, Dr. Fauci's emails continue to have people talking, and one person talking about it today was former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who has long been of the opinion that the uh, COVID-19 did, in fact, come out of Wuhan, China, and more specifically, that lab there in the Wuhan area. I've got some sound here from former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo talking on Fox and Friends about the emails to and from Dr. Fauci. Clip two. So I've seen some of the emails. What really matters here is when, when it mattered most, when the Chinese were covering this up in early January of 2020, Dr. Fauci certainly would have seen the same intelligence that I saw. We would certainly have known that the risk that this came from the laboratory was real. We would have known that the Chinese Communist Party didn't want any of us to know that. And that raised red flags throughout the entire United States government for, for far too long. Dr. Fauci let those of us who were out there talking about it uh, carry the mantle. And we couldn't get science. We, we got politics instead. And that's what you saw in the left-wing media. You saw politics trumping science. And that delayed our capacity to respond to what the Chinese Communist Party foisted upon the world. And just to add to that, uh, Secretary Pompeo wants President Biden to really be tough, go after information, uh, figure out what exactly China knew about this, what they did to cover it up and hold them accountable. Well, Fred, here's uh, now, uh, obviously, the knowledge of where this virus came from would not have changed the trajectory of the pandemic itself. Because once that horse is out mm-hmm. of the barn, yes. you just have to deal with what you have to deal with. However, I do think that where it came from could have affected the election Yes, in terms of validating if members of the scientific community, including Dr. Fauci, had come out. Now, this is according to Mike Pompeo, but he's talking about the evidence that he saw as mm-hmm. a high-ranking official in the U.S. government. If the scientific community had come out in support of what appears increasingly to be the fact that this virus did not jump from a bat to a human, but was created or at least altered by human engineering, I think that could have affected the election because President Trump was being pilloried Mm -hmm. for his comments and Mm -hmm. commentary and his assessment that this was the the Wuhan virus, the, chi- the, the China, mm-hmm. you know, virus, uh, the Kung flu, that that was typical Trump way of expressing it. Yes. But it it could have had an impact on this election. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I watched the interview this morning on Fox and Friends with the former uh, Secretary of State Pompeo. It was really interesting because, remember, he was Secretary of State when this story began to unfold. The Secretary of State, he's a former CIA director, and he was he was hesitant at some points because he knows a whole lot more than what he can talk publicly about. Right. He was privy to information, but he, he kind of brought people back to what we do know, And what we do know that in late 2019, people who worked in the Wuhan lab got sick. Yes. And they had flu-like symptoms. What we also know is that the Chinese government immediately stopped flights within China from that area. Right. But continued to allow flights to come to the United States. And Europe. And Europe. All right. So uh, I think... 
where we're being led to by the facts in all of this is that the the Chinese, at the very least, were negligent in this. Uh, I think it's too early to jump to they deliberately created a virus right. uh, to create a pandemic. Uh, we're not there yet. I still think a, a communist regime like we have in China, that is a possibility. That they were developing a virus that they knew uh, would become a pandemic. But we're not there yet. We don't have that kind of proof. But what he dealt with this morning is what he could say. Even as a, as a former CIA director, former Secretary of State, there are still things to this day that he can't make public because right. it would cause the revelation of sources yes. for U.S. intelligence. And I understand why he has to step back from that. But here's the thing. I believe that there were people at the highest levels in uh, Fauci's circle, I'll put it that way, that knew the truth. And politics entered into the equation. I do not believe that Dr. Fauci liked Donald Trump. I believe he did not want him reelected. And so we got a spin. We got a political spin coming out of this. Remember what happened that uh, when President, then President Trump started talking about this coming from China, the Wuhan virus, et cetera, et cetera, immediately he was accused of being racist. Right. Nancy Pelosi goes to Chinatown in San Francisco. Y'all come. Says, no problem. Yeah. You know, here we are, no masks, the whole thing. And so they spun it. And then when the Democrats realized this was really dangerous, all of a sudden the narrative, the political narrative switches to Trump is negligent in this. Right. Didn't do enough. Didn't do enough. Uh, when he was called a racist for stopping the flights from China. Right. Then all of a sudden he didn't do it quick enough. Yes. So we know, we know they, the Democrats played politics with this that jeopardized people's lives. Well, Ray, I, I think they're going to be uh, a series of black eyes uh, when this, when the history of this is written, and it it looks like we're not, as I've said before, we're not talking about five or ten years down the road. We may know in a year um, what appear appears to be the narrative is going to come out exactly as President Trump said it was. But communist China, I think, is going to wind up with a black eye because, at the very least, they knew a virus had escaped from their research lab. And they did not tell the rest of the world to do what they were doing, which was to take extreme precaution to try to keep this thing from spreading. They're going to get a black eye. The scientific community is going to get a black eye, and including and especially Anthony Fauci, because they didn't seem to handle this in a way that we have come to expect scientists to handle it. But instead, like Fred said, it was politicized. And the news media is going to get a black eye because they were – clearly political in the way they handled this story. And as we talked about yesterday, what they should have been doing was what journalists are expected to do, which is search out the truth, especially on an issue like this when the whole country was suffering through the lockdowns and the shutdowns and the mask wearing and the economic turmoil of that pandemic. There may be some some other folks that wind up with a black eye, but that's three at, off the top of my head that will pay some price uh, for what's happened? Well, first of all, I, I can't understand now why anybody would ever trust anything Dr. Fauci said from here on out because 
the emails taken as a whole <laughs> reveal him to be is a hypocrite. He even gives hypocrisy a bad name because clearly he was saying things in public that he doubted in private, that he didn't believe. He contradicted himself in private versus his public statements. I mean, we've we've cataloged a great deal of his changing statements over the last 14 months. But these emails, they just leave his, quote, professional reputation in tatters. And now as far as the, 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 the Chinese government goes, I uh, – uh, there's one part of me that has a great deal of trouble believing that China would intentionally weaponize a virus and release it only because they did it in such a terrible way that thousands, untold thousands, we still don't know the number, of their own people, where if indeed they, they, they let it out on purpose, they did it in such a terrible way. But then the other side of my brain, having been to China a number of times, the government over there, because it is Marxist, communist, totalitarian, they operate without any sense of morality at all. So, yes, they could have done it. So, at the very least, they should have come forward and said, uh, this virus uh, got loose and we're very sorry about it. But, Ed, they're going to they're gonna fight to the end right. even to admit that. Uh, are they going to have a black eye? Yes, they are. Uh, I could imagine they might say something internationally to keep from their own people because I think they want to do anything possible to keep from keep the truth from their own people because once the truth comes out about the Chinese government then you're going to have trouble inside the country itself so this right. is a terrible mess a terrible situation and Dr. Fauci I think has only made it worse all right, Chris. I do want to point out that uh, at least one lawsuit has been filed over this situation involving China and COVID and the origins of uh, COVID-19. Attorney General Eric Schmidt of Missouri has filed a lawsuit and actually served the Chinese Communist Party and the Wuhan Institute of Virology this week in that lawsuit. And Attorney General Schmidt was on Fox and Friends today talking about that lawsuit, clip three. With the news of the virology lab in the last you know, couple of weeks, many are realizing what we've known for a long time here in Missouri and what we've alleged in our lawsuit is that China uh, is responsible for this and ought to be held accountable for unleashing this global pandemic on the world. And so in the last couple of weeks, we've been able to effectuate service on a number of defendants, including the Wuhan Virology Lab, you know, to get answers. And here's what we already know, Lawrence. In early December, if not sooner, uh, China was aware of human-to-human -human transmission, but didn't tell the world about it until January 21st. Meanwhile, they went from being a net exporter of PPE to a net importer of PPE, cut off flights to mainland China from Wuhan, but not the rest of the world. And so the world deserves answers, and that's why we filed the lawsuit and why we uh, are you know, certainly committed to pressing forward. Well, now, uh, I just ask this for any, any of you guys to answer. Uh, how does this work exactly when you sue a, another country and a, a laboratory in another country here in the United States if you don't go through, like, the, the world court, the, the United Nations, you know, legal system? I'm not sure how that works. Any of you guys know? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to guess here. I assume it has to go through our Justice Department. Um, that would be a question for Abe, though. That's that's yeah, just a okay. guess. Whether a state attorney general can file uh, 
an application for information from the Wuhan lab and the Chinese government. I, I suppose there is some leverage there in that China does a lot of business in this country, yeah. and this is what we want, and this could be the repercussions if you don't supply that information. I, I, would, I, would, I would just guess that it would be voluntary, that if the lab wanted to get, because the U.S. legal system has no jurisdiction mm -hmm. in China. Mm -hmm. It's just like like other countries when they say, we want to charge one of your members of the military mm -hmm. with a war crime, mm -hmm. you know, send them over here. And we go, no, you yeah. have no, you have no jurisdiction mm -hmm. over our military. And so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that this is an attempt to try to get some answers that, um, that the Missouri AG wants to get but I'm not sure how, how far they'll get with a system like the communist Chinese. Yes. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't answer anyone. I am looking at the attorney general's press release uh, from May 18th uh, when he uh, has talking about efforts to serve the CCP and the Wuhan Institute there. Uh, it says, as required by law, the attorney general's office first attempted to serve the Chinese government through the Hague Convention, which requires the participation of the Chinese foreign ministry. Okay. All right. Well, we'll wait to see. I, I, I certainly hope at the very least we get cooperation in terms of information. But as Ray pointed out, that is a closed system. The Chinese, that they don't have freedoms. You can't, you can't file a FOIA request, a freedom of information request. If you're a Chinese citizen, they just don't do things like that. It is a communist totalitarian dictatorship. And if you were to attempt to file something, you'd wind up in a the Chinese version of a gulag somewhere. But this is where a Donald Trump administration would do other things. Uh, we're going to charge you tariffs yeah. on the stuff coming into this country. Uh, we're not going to ship Article A, Article B to you. We're going to stop your flights yeah. coming in from China. Uh, this is where Donald Trump was willing to do things that other presidents, Republican and Democrat of the United States, would never do. Right. He played hardball with the Chinese. And we are at a point with not only the Wuhan virus, but now these there's a lot of stories out there about cybersecurity, given what happened with Colonial and with the meat packers the other day. Uh, we are at a very, and I'm not the first to say this, we are at a very dangerous point uh, in the country right now. We have what a lot of people believe is that uh, the Russians uh, is uh, the Russians are testing Joe Biden right to see what he's going to do about these cyber attacks. Uh, I believe the Chinese are testing Joe Biden. How are you going to respond? All this information is coming out. And what some people say is that we do not have a strong administration right now. We're playing with a D team. Yeah. We don't have an A-team in Washington. Right. And that is of great concern to a lot of people. A lot of a lot of the military people are, are really concerned about China's military buildup. Absolutely. What is going on in that country. And uh, as I say, there's a great deal of concern that we don't have a team in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that are really able or willing to deal with the way that perhaps a Donald Trump would. Well, you know, Ray, I, I would not be surprised, I, I, you know, all the things that I've been reading, uh, if the Russian government is cooperating or allowing these uh, hackers, the suspicion is that these are Russian organizations, um, criminal, organized criminal uh, organizations, 
groups. I would not be surprised if Russia was doing that. And and initially, when I started hearing about this and the possible connection with the Russian government, it, it wasn't a surprise because throughout history, you've had piracy and, and all kinds of other things that were given a wink and a nod from the government. And uh, I know France and England went for a long time with uh, allowing pirates to to go after the shipping of their military, you know, their their military opponents. Uh, but the downside is the other question is, or the other issue is that even though this is not unusual in the world stage, the kinds of havoc and chaos that can be uh, uh, that, that can result from these groups targeting mm-hmm. uh, pipelines, the energy grid, food supply chains is can be devastating. We're not just talking about shipping. We're talking about the, the possible complete shutdown of a society in 2021. Well, technology, Ed, has made this a very profitable thing. You know what they say, good work if you can get it, right? Because in the old days, you wanted to be a pirate. You had to get on the boat, right? Right. Had to get on the ship, and you had to you had to go to where the loot was, and you had to fight it out. Here, we've got these super intelligent, and don't kid yourself, people, you got to be you got to be operating at a very high level to know how to hack into these systems, right? right? So you've got these super intelligent hackers who are protected by the government in China and by the government in Russia. They and I'm not saying they're an arm of the government. I'm saying, well, this really when we're talking about Russia and China, what does it even mean to be quote an arm of the right. government? There's kind of a blurry distinction, but they're over there. The government looks the other way. These guys sit at their keyboard and they punch in their they punch in their <laughs> they punch whatever, in, in whatever <laughs> whatever smart people punch in this whatever smart people punch in and okay so they shut down the colonial pipeline and didn't we read that that uh the company paid five million dollars to in, in ransom to get right. their systems back up and running hey that's easy money so it's not a surprise it worked once it's going to work it's working again in this meat packing thing all i can say is ed uh they have proven they can get into some pretty sophisticated systems. This is going to happen again. Go ahead, Chris. You know, I just want to point out, uh, we do have a media right now that's seemingly more interested in what flavor of ice cream Joe <laughs> Vanilla Cone Biden wants to order. Uh, but one yesterday, there was a moment uh, during a, a press conference there that uh, a reporter did actually ask President Joe Biden about Russia and cyber attacks and whether or not he would hold Putin accountable or it, bring it up and be tough on him uh, during their upcoming meeting, clip 10. Mr. President, will you retaliate against Russia for this latest ransomware attack? We're looking closely at that issue. Do you think Putin is testing you? No. Now, it was difficult to hear there, but he said no at the very end. And if you've not seen this video, he's walking off the stage to try to get away from being asked questions. And at one point, he pauses, and he turns around, and he, he says no. And then he gives the little Joe Biden trademark grin and walks off. Now, so clearly not zoned in and focused on this issue. When, when is the president scheduled to meet with Putin? This is going to be a face-to-face meeting? I think it's around the 16th of this month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're supposed to meet. And, of course, the question it, has been, you know, is this a test? Hmm. Uh, in terms of testing the resolve of the current administration, how much can we get away with? But I'll tell you, as we've been discussing this, 
My greater concern is just how far these hackers have already infiltrated yes. the U.S. Uh, uh, not only the, the power grid and other kind of economic um, fixtures, but also the government. Yes. Have they gotten into the government somehow? And is this a precursor to a more widespread cyber attack that could cripple the U.S. for a week or two? You do that mm. a week or two, you can you can cause tremendous chaos in a country. And in my opinion, it's an act of war. All right, folks, we're going to be back with Jan Markell after a short break. You're listening to today's issues. Please join us. King of the Wild Frontier. The music's free. I know we, we call it Learning University. Of necessity. <laughs> Trivia Friday. True. Ding, 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 yes. ding, ding. Oh, really? That's correct. What, Giraffes what? do not have vocal cords. So you want a cheeseburger without cheese. Hold the, <laughs> hold the cheese. I said, yes, ma'am, whatever you call it. Take a break with Tim Wildman and the gang. Friday mornings at 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Vandals attacked the home of Congresswoman Nancy Mace the other day, profane messages spray-painted on the front of her house. Mace tells me it was frightening, especially for her two school-aged children. Republicans are condemning the attack, as is the Democrat mayor of Charleston, South Carolina. But the drive-by media has pretty much ignored the story. Snopes, the left-wing fact-checking site, went so far as to allege the congresswoman may have committed the vandalism herself. They labeled the attack as a rumor, not a crime. Well, that's news to the Charleston Police Department. They say not only was the congresswoman's house attacked, so were some nearby statues and monuments. The fact is, political violence is becoming the new norm in America from the shooting that nearly claimed the life of Steve Scalise to the attack on Rand Paul. Congresswoman Mace says she's not going to be bullied or intimidated by anyone. She also has a concealed carry permit, and she knows how to use it. I'm Todd Starnes. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 American Family Radio 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back, folks. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. And from Kansas City, Dr. Ray Pritchard. We want to welcome uh, back to the program one of the most popular uh, radio talk show hosts we have on our network, Jan Markell, host of Understanding the Times, which is heard Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Time and Sundays at 12 p.m. Central Time. Jan, welcome back to today's issues. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Well, Chris, uh, we want to talk to Jan about uh, what's going on in Israel, and why don't you kind of set up the issue, and then we'll uh, let Jan uh, tell us what she, what she thinks about what's going on over there. All right. In the last 24 to 36 hours or so, opponents of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu have reached a coalition deal to oust the Israeli prime minister and go their own way with a new government of all sorts of people and their uh, political ideologies. And, of course, a lot of people are weighing in on this. One of them is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He was on Fox & Friends earlier today, Jan, talking about the efforts to get that new government. Clip one. I was in Israel this past weekend for four days uh, while this was all taking place. Uh, this government is a confusing one that they are trying to form. It's not completely over yet. It's not certain that they will be successful in doing so. You've got Arab parties. You've got hard right party. You've got the what would be traditionally the Israeli center left party. This is going to be really difficult for them to make good decisions. And, and that's not good. It's not good for the U.S.-Israel relationship. I hope that whatever government gets formed continues to build on this important security relationship. We were such great partners with the Israelis. We've seen what's been happening in Iran and the fact that we were able to isolate them as part of the Abraham Accords. I hope that whatever government ultimately takes place, whatever government forms, that's the Israelis' business, that they'll continue to build out on what we did, which really created more peace, more prosperity, and indeed more stability in the Middle East. Now, Jan, there was a lot in that clip there, but yeah. what are some things that stood out to you? Well, uh, Mike Pompeo seems to be suggesting that, uh, <clears throat> I think he's right, that stability in Israel may be over. <clears throat> he's referring to it as uh, uh, the relationship that we had. I mean, it just sounded like he was putting everything sort of past tense. And I, <clears throat> I have to excuse me, gentlemen, I'm under the weather here. Uh, I think he's more right than wrong. And uh, I'm very, I mean, we have gross instability in, in, in the U.S. government. The last thing we need is some gross instability now with our number one ally, in the, certainly in the Middle East, and that would be Israel. But, but I see that on the horizon, um, the, the, those that are seemingly being tapped to replace Benjamin Netanyahu, who is in my mind irreplaceable because he's a Staunch ally. He's a conservative. He is constantly looking out for Israel's welfare. He will never compromise. He will never cave to anybody, and he certainly won't cave to the Iranians. And, and I'm just really concerned. I'll be blunt that this is sort of a setup almost for the Antichrist. Hmm. Jan, I, I know you, but Fred here, deal a lot with biblical yeah. prophecy. In the last few minutes, we've been talking about. Uh, China, the growing military threat from China. We believe that uh, Putin in Russia 
uh, as some say, is testing President Biden right now uh, to see his strength. Uh, we believe Russia is behind some of the cyber attack activity that's going on. When you look at all of this and when you look at what's happening in Israel right now, that the Biden administration now wants to send close to $200 million to the Palestinians to rebuild Gaza, Hamas terrorists control Gaza. <clears throat> when you look at all of that, you put it out on the table, what do you see in that through the eyes, the prism of the Bible? Well, again, um, <laughs> at, at the risk of, of sounding melodramatic, which I am not, um, and I think I'm mainly being biblical, um, I, I see a global setup for a, a sort of a new world order. Now, you could call it the Great Reset, which the World Economic Forum is pushing to have, and the, the World Economic Forum wants the whole world to have a Great Reset. And that would be either global socialism, or if the World Economic, Economic Forum could get away with it, world Marxism. Now, I, I think the question is, and of course, there are differences of opinion theologically here, what is the church going to stick around to see? When, at what point is the church raptured out of planet Earth and taken to heaven? Of course, I believe that's before the tribulation. I don't think that's the purpose of our discussion here. I think all that we're saying saying right now in this little segment is the world is getting terribly unstable. And I heard that in the voice of Mike Pompeo that you just uh, played here a minute ago. I, everything I look at, um, everything, I, every headline I look at, every headline I post, which I do on my website all day long, the headlines scream one word, instability, instability. And that tells me there's a setup going on, and I don't know if it's planned. It certainly could be, but it's a setup for a man with a plan who's going to come along. His name is Antichrist. We don't know who it is. A man with a plan who's going to offer stability to the world. And now we got the two great superpowers in turmoil. America, because of our weak Washington and our weak administration. And now I fear what's coming is a weak Israeli government with the loss of Benjamin Netanyahu. And by the way, this isn't over yet in Israel. Uh, it, it could take another week, so we don't know how it's going to play out. Well, Jan, uh, we'll just one last question, and then we'll we'll let you get back to to taking your Nyquil or whatever else. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but, <laughs> because it's it's no fun being sick. Just talk to our listeners and tell them right now if there are Christians. Probably the vast majority of our listeners are Christians, but what is it that you think they should be doing now as we view this possible instability in Israel? Uh, what should they be doing at the at this moment? Well, I think a whole lot of things. First, they need to make sure that the Lord Jesus Christ is their one and only personal Lord and Savior. We need to be sharing the gospel like never before. And quite frankly, we need to, and not every network can do this. Obviously, FR can. We need to be understanding the times and becoming watchmen on the wall. And, uh, you know, AFR listeners have the privilege of hearing you gentlemen daily and a lot of other programming daily or, or, or weekly, where we, we're trying to educate and inform a Christian audience so that 
they can, I mean, who on earth can understand our times today? For, for one thing, they change. Every eight hours, our times right. change. Right. So you're trying to keep up with all of this takes experts to help them do that. So I encourage people, number one, make sure of their salvation in Jesus Christ. Number two, uh, share the gospel while there's time. Number three, go out and be watchmen on the wall and tell your friends, neighbors, and family members that time is short. Jesus is coming again. We don't know when. I say soon, and let's be ready. Well, Jan, thank you so much for those comments, and thank you for what you are doing to keep people educated and encouraging people to get in the Word and to pray for Israel and to be concerned about what's happening to the Jewish people. And we're going to ask our listeners to be praying for you as well, that whatever it is you've got, you'll get over quickly and get back. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's always a privilege to join you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate uh, appreciate you, Jan. All right, just some some great insights by uh, Jan Markell uh, Ray uh, in terms of what's happening over there, and she's right. Things things just turn on a dime, uh, just uh, in, you know, within hours sometimes. And uh, Ray, it's 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 always been important, but it's vital in this day and hour with the quick shifting of the winds that Christians be rooted and anchored in the Word of God, right? You know, well, Jan made a number of really important points. One, of course, is about Mr. Netanyahu. They've already written him off, but that's okay. He's been written off before, right? That's right. They've tried to shuffle him off to retirement, and the story is not done yet. He is a terrific leader, so uh, he may yet get some kind of coalition government uh, over there. We, We will wait and see. She made a point also that all of these things are a setup for the rise of the leader the Bible calls the Antichrist. I don't know how close we are to the end times, but I agree with Jan's general point that all the signs are there. All the Everything the Bible describes is in place. Therefore, take to heart, people, what Jan Markell said there at the end. All of these things are unfolding exactly the way the Bible says, which means we may be the generation that actually sees the personal return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So look up, be encouraged, and folks, get your house in order. Get ready. Jesus is coming soon. Well, let me just address those who may be listening and who are thinking right now as First Jan and then Ray are talking about these things. Uh, Because some of you out there are saying, boy, have I heard this before. I've heard this, um, you know, a bunch Mm -hmm. of times. People in history have heard it. This is... Here's my encouragement to you. Yes, it is true that the kinds of signs that we're talking about sometimes have happened in the past. I think about Adolf Hitler. Christians in Europe thought, wow, if you're looking at it for an Antichrist figure, this is the guy. Mm. Well, here's the encouragement, I think, is that even though those things have happened in the past, they will one day happen for the last time. Yes. And so we are given insight into these patterns that develop and we are given that insight so that we will prepare ourselves whether it's in 1939 or it's in 2021 when you see these things begin to unfold and these patterns develop you get yourself right with god this is what you heard jan and ray talking about you get yourself right with god you share the gospel you pray you whatever things have latched on 
the sins that so easily beset you, get rid of those things, you get yourself right with God, because one day the pattern is going to be the final pattern, mm-hmm. and and the Lord returns like a thief in the night. So that's my encouragement to you. Do not, do. Uh, how do I put this? Do not get hard-hearted about warnings, okay? It's kind of like here in the South. I'm getting in a little bit of preaching mode, and then we'll, we'll, and I'll get it out of my system, and we'll go to Chris. <laughs> it's like tornadoes here in the South. We get these warnings a lot during the summer months, mm-hmm. spring months, and, 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 you know, your local you know, news meteorologists will tell you, take shelter. There's a tornado warning in your area, and then nothing happens. And then the next time and the next time and the next time nothing happens. And then you stop worrying. Then you stop going to the safe place and you never know when the tornado's coming to your neighborhood. So my encouragement to you is you, if you're wise, you take heed when the warning is issued by those who understand what's going on. And even if nothing happens, you're doing the right thing by taking heed. So anyway. Yeah. Amen. I preached. Good. It's over. Preach on. Now Preach we go, on. Chris. Good. And all the people on the back row said amen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Um, one story that's been uh, playing out for several days now, maybe even a few weeks, has been uh, in South Dakota where Governor Christy Nome wants to do fireworks this Independence Day, July 4th, at Mount Rushmore. Now, this was something that did occur under President Trump. Now we have a different administration overseeing the uh, federal government. The National Park Service uh, in recent days denied a fireworks show at Mount Rushmore, and they're citing quote-unquote safety concerns and objections from local Native American tribes that don't want fireworks going there. The spread of COVID-19 has also been a stated reason why it maybe is not a good idea to do fireworks at Mount Rushmore. Um, And Governor Nome was on Fox & Friends this morning, and she was asked whether or not her lawsuit to try to force the fireworks and the rejection from a federal judge over that lawsuit all has to do with the R next to her name and title, Clip 5. Do you feel like this is just retaliation against you because you're a Republican? Absolutely. This is political. It's all political and punitive, and it's ridiculous. And the fact that we have a judge that stood beside this political, arbitrary decision that came out of the Biden White House is unfortunate, but we do not quit. We keep fighting, and this country is worth it, Ainsley. Now, she also told Ainsley Earhart there that, uh, you know, they went through all the safety protocols. They checked all the boxes. This was not going to spread COVID. It was not going to start fires. They had all the they had literally everything checked, and still the uh, the federal government and a judge say you can't do fireworks. Yeah, the conditions this year are exactly the same as they were last year. Uh, I mean, things aren't tinder dry. Right. Uh, there at, at Mount Rushmore, uh, the the weather conditions are the same, so there's no greater threat of fire this year than there was last year. You know, everything came off so well last year; thousands of people showed up. Yeah. Even in the midst of the pandemic, you know, when you look at back, now the pandemic has passed for the most part in, in a great deal of the country. So it's even safer this year right. than it was last year. So uh, the governor is exactly right. This is all political. This is this is the Biden administration saying she's a Republican. She's a conservative. We're not going to do anything for her. Yeah. And uh, we've got a friendly judge who agrees with us. And, and that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Because uh, a lot of times frequently we'll say that uh it doesn't it doesn't matter what the truth is 
Mm. All that matters is the narrative or the politics of the situation, and that can be frustrating. So, all right, Chris, let's move on. Well, there is another uh, Bush running for office. This one is George P. Bush, son of Jeb Bush, and his wife, whose name escapes me at the moment. Forgive me if the Bush family is listening. Uh, but George P. Bush wants to be the attorney general of the state of Texas, uh, and Maybe in an effort to try to reach out and court some Trump uh, voters and supporters there in Texas, uh, George P. Bush says he wants to enforce Trump's border policies if elected attorney general. Clip four. We need Washington, D.C. to wake up. This is a crisis on our border. Texans are familiar with this issue. Generations after generations of farmers and ranchers now are dealing with yet another wave of illegal immigration. And it's because of the false promises that we've seen from this president, who still refuses to come down to the border. The governor's asked him to come down several times. This has resulted in one of the worst humanitarian crises. So, but it's because of mixed messages. If we can go back to the Trump policies of remain in Mexico, if we can close the loopholes that are in our immigration laws, we can be in a much better place like we, where we were under the Trump days. And as attorney general, I would advocate for those positions. Now, what it should be pointed out here that Attorney General Ken Paxton is currently in office and, as far as I know, plans to continue to be in that office should he be reelected. So we'll see what Paxton has to say about these and other issues going forward. Well, Fred, uh, first of all, uh, it's Columba Bush. I just looked it up. Thank That's you. the wife of uh, Jeb uh, Bush. She served as First Lady of yes. Florida while mm -hmm. uh, Jeb Bush okay. was uh, governor of that state. So, Fred, um, I I'm not sure how much an Attorney General can do, but it certainly does help for attorneys general of states that are especially hard hit by the Biden administration policies or non-policies, if you want to call it that. certainly does help to have somebody who will do everything legally possible to try to limit the damage of an open border. Absolutely. And, and I think it's very wise uh, for this youngest Bush to come along uh, to run for office uh, to adopt the policy of the uh, former Trump administration when it comes to the border. You know, uh, a lot of folks who may be even listening now, if you get your news from the mainstream media, you may not even know there's a crisis continuing on the border. Right. Because it's not being covered. But the people of Texas know that. Uh, that there's no question. Including Democrats, uh, Democrat mayors, Democrat members of Congress whose districts are in the border area. Right. They're... We have Democrat congressmen crying out to the Biden administration, do something. Vice President Kamala Harris, who President Biden has put in charge of the border, is this day 71? I think it's 71-ish. Day 71, she hasn't said boo mm. about it. Well, she's busy with all the other things Biden puts her in charge of. <laughs> right, right. 71 now, days without a news She conference. is going to fly over the border. In the next couple of weeks, uh, at 35,000 feet on our way to Guatemala, to tell the Guatemala government, we're going to write you checks for hundreds of millions of dollars to try to improve your economy so so many people don't want to come north to our country. Gee, like that hasn't been tried before, and it just hasn't worked out. You know, what is it? F fool me once. It's it's fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. That's where we are with this. Yeah, this this is even Neil, Neil Cavuto, who now is one of the more liberal Fox hosts. They were talking about all these government programs going on right now. Throw money at it. throw money, throw money. 
He says, we've tried it all before. And New Cavuto is no Trump fan. Right. He says, we've tried all this before, throwing money at problems. It does not work. And, you know, I, I tell you what, the mainstream media, the White House press corps, they'll all get on the plane with Vice President Kamala Harris. They'll go down and they'll talk about wonderful things she's given as she writes the check to the Guatemalan government. They'll go mm -hmm. back on the plane and they'll fly at 35,000 feet over the border and the crisis will continue. You know, Ray, Tim is prone to call this what we're doing in terms of the federal government uh, monopoly money. And, <laughs> right. and, it's, and right. it really is becoming, you know, we, I don't want to get into the whole economics of this. We, we've tried in our, we pooled our ignorance and discussed economics on this program before. Okay, but <laughs> to, to Tim's point, this is just monopoly money we're throwing around now. You're going to send hundreds of millions of dollars down to Guatemala, and you think that is going to change the culture and the economy of an entire nation? You know, and this is one of those moments where everybody knows the truth. We don't have to, we don't have to pretend because everybody knows the truth that Kamala Harris is going to go down there, as Fred said, she's going to write the check. Who's going who's gonna to benefit? The plutocrats who run right. Guatemala, the guys at the top, they're going to they're gonna get rich. The fat cats are going to get fatter. It's going to make no sustainable difference in the Guatemalan economy. There's going to continue to be an army of people coming up through Mexico, and it's going to do no good. Well, this is one moment where Neil Cavuto's right. We've tried this over and over and over again, but the Democrats have no answer other than throw money at it. Look, here's one place where Mr. Trump's policies actually worked. And I'm not saying that either. there were many places, but this is one that was a signal triumph for the Trump administration. He completely turned around the situation on the southern border. When he gave it over to the Biden administration, things were in pretty good shape. It's, it's amazing how quickly we have reverted to the, the status quo as it was before it's almost said like we don't have any border control anymore. It's hey, welcome. Come on in. Meanwhile, let's ship another hundred million dollars down to Central America and see if that does any good. Yeah. Uh, listen, it, it, when you have Democratic congressmen on the border from districts on the border calling the Biden administration a catastrophe yeah. and, and and saying the situation is a catastrophe on the border, that's saying something. But because the media pays no attention to it, it really is off the radar for most Americans. And need we remind folks that this is a Biden crisis, that it was deliberate. We played the clip before from 2019 where Joe Biden talked about, if I'm elected president, I want a surge at the border. Ray mentioned this happened so quickly. Well, you know what? The folks down in Guatemala, Ecuador, Mexico, they all heard Joe Biden say, right. I'm going to invite a surge. <laughs> he also said, we're going to stop building the wall. It's not a shock that tens of thousands have now have said, Biden's in the White House. We're going to he severely hamper. We're going to surge. Catch and release. Yep. I mean, continue catch and release. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know what? We're going to stop doing a lot of catching. Yes. This is Joe Biden's crisis. Yep. This is his. He owns it. Because he said this is what he wants. Right. And on top of this, and I'm not sure we've talked about this, uh, there is uh, plans afoot uh, to speed up people's paperwork 
for green cards and for citizenship. Right. They're going to not ask questions that they ask questions now about people's backgrounds, criminal backgrounds, all these sorts of things. Right. Not going to have to wait for courts. They're going to allow local embassy officials to swear people into citizens. What have we talked about before? Tim has talked about this many times. They want to surge. They want to make people legal, in quotation right. marks, so they can vote Democrat. Yeah. This this is all planned, folks. Right. This is not by accident. This is a this is a strategy. Yes. This is this is not compassion. This is not caring about people. This is a strategy, a political strategy to try to dominate politics for the next generation. You know what they say, it's a feature, not a bug. It's working out exactly the way Joe Biden wanted. Exactly. All right, I don't understand it's a feature, not a bug. What so help help me with that. What does that mean? You know, we're talking about the catastrophe down on the down on the border. There's a reason Kamala Harris hasn't had anything to say about it because I think it is working out. Oh, I see. It's it, it's a feature of yeah. the system. It's yeah. not a bug. This is this is what they wanted to have happen. Yeah, and they're they're not they're not uh, looking at the border and saying, "Uh oh, this is a problem." <laughs> they're saying just the way we like it. That's exactly right. Okay. All right. That's a good point. All right. You got anything that takes 30 seconds? I do. In other bug news, I'm not making this up. The U.S. FDA is telling people not to eat cicadas if they're allergic to seafood, as these bugs or insects share a family relation to shrimp and lobsters. Oh, no. I, I Chocolate-covered <laughs> cicadas? <laughs> yes. I mean, who doesn't like a chocolate-covered cicada? I, you know, I, 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 I got just, a handful right now. I, mean, I really just don't crunchy. even know what to say to that. If you have to have the federal government, they tell you not they, to eat a cicada. Yeah. You got more problems. Last than, week, they told us not to kiss and like snuggle with chickens because it might spread E. coli. Well, not making it good, up. That's a very good point. Well, on the other hand, I've known a lot of dumb people in my life. So, so don't, maybe do, don't do kiss eat. a chicken and don't, <laughs> don't eat, eat cicadas. A cicadas. <laughs> Stay away from the cicadas. Eat your and, cicadas. And kids. so what are they saying? Cicadas taste like chicken or they taste like shrimp? Uh, hey, I'll tell you what. We cr- they're crunchy. Minute, I'll we tell you take that. take a five-minute break for news, folks. Come back. You, there's more great stuff like that. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.